so this is Cody. What is up? Um, thank you for for coming in and doing this with us because, uh, yeah, financial stuff is is not my strong point. <laughs> Neither one of our strong points. Okay, <laughs> got you. It wasn't mine either. I'll tell you that for sure. If you asked me if I was doing this five years ago, I would have looked at you like you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so hi everybody, I'm K. Kenneth Davis. You can just call me Kenny, but uh, my brand and my business is the Trans Capitalist. So I am one of the probably only transgender financial literacy, uh, financial literacy source out there for everybody, especially within the transgender community and LGBTQIA as well. So I started this as I was kicked out and disowned when I was younger um, because of my identity and I was only a lesbian at the time. I knew there was something more to myself until I found out about the transgender community, went home and Googled the hell out of it. And I was like, okay, this is my answer. This is my shot. I know exactly what I need to do. But before then, I was living in debt. Like I was on the repossession list for my car. I was on eviction notice. And even though I had a job, I was just in uh, up to my eyeballs in debt and I didn't know what I was doing. So it wasn't until I hit one of my lowest, lowest moments and I asked myself the question, like, what am I doing wrong? That all these Wall Street executives know that I don't know. And I picked up a book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that blew my mind and it changed me and it let me know like, holy crap there's rules to money. So with that being said, I um, finished school, got my BS in engineering, and then I went to grad school, went to business school. I got my master's in finance. And after that, that's when I was like, you know what? There's so many secrets and there's so many rules that people don't know. I'm going to tell them all and I'm going to expose everybody about this so everybody can have a chance at um, financial literacy. And that's how I'm here today with my brand, The Trans Capitalist. I, um, I let it know that I'm not for capitalism, but since there's nothing else that's going to be used and everybody else has been using it for so long, so I'm going to teach everybody the rules of capitalism and help themselves to get what they need and help them where they need to go. And that's my story. A little quick. That's awesome. I mean, congrats on going to you know school. I kind of was in the same boat not the same boat, but, you know, I started off not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't have any guidance. My mom never graduated middle school, so I had to, mm-hmm. you know, go to community college for five years. Then it yeah. took me another three years to get my bachelor's degree, and then it took me another two years to get my master's degree. Um, oh. And again, I'm in debt because of that, because, you know, I wish I knew that there was other options other than school. Um, but that that's awesome, man, that that you're doing so well like that's that's great thank you appreciate that <laughs> yeah it's like i'm a dumbass and i went to culinary school so i uh have like thirty five thousand dollars in debt and i made like minimum wage for quite some time <laughs> yeah no no like culinary school is great you can cook i suck at cooking so <laughs> i'm horrible <laughs> i can't feed myself i depend on my so <laughs> I don't regret it, debt and all, but it definitely is a downer point. <laughs> yeah, I'm in debt too. Like I'm in I'm in the school debt, but my thing is like I think about uh, school loans as like a mortgage. It's an investment in yourself, and I'm not quick to pay them off. School should be free. Number one, I'm a firm believer that um, higher education should be free. 
and be available to the masses. So I'm going to take my time paying Sally May. So I don't care (laughs) and keep going, whatever, but I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take care of my needs first and then I'll pay attention to her. (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) I I just, I I try not to think about them. I have over 160,000 and I haven't even started paying them yet. So I I just try not to think about it because if I think about it, it's going to cripple me. And it's like, you know, they're there, there are, Hopefully, unless, you know, someone is elected that will wipe them away, they're always going to be there. I'm never going to be able to pay them completely off. So it's just, you know, it's a balance. Exactly. Don't let it. Yeah. Don't let it cripple you. I used to think the same way. And I used to think that, that, oh, my God, I need to rush and pay everybody else except for myself. But I'll start off with that first tidbit that you're supposed to pay yourself first. So you're supposed to take care of yourself. And then everybody else who needs that money from you, they'll get it. But you need to make sure that you're secure within yourself financially. And then everybody else can get what they needed. But other than that, that's what that's my role, too. I wait. So we have a lot of um, people who listen to the podcast, you know, they're always like, I can't afford to eat healthy. I can't, you know, healthy food is very expensive or they can't afford a gym membership or they can't afford a coach. Um, So Mm -hmm. do you have like five like tips for beginners um, that who might, you know, they might be working part-time jobs and probably just out of college or in college um, or anyone really that you know might help them like yeah. get on that structure a little bit yeah um instead of doing five tidbits let's just have like a conversation about it and okay. kind of go from there so the first one i would say is like one is manage a budget always set out how much you're going to spend before you go to a grocery store never go to a grocery store hungry because you always end up buying more than you need um, from there, like once you're full, enter the store and then you know. That's why I always make a list, a number one, like, oh, I need this, I need that, I need this, and that's it. I'm going in like a mission. Going in, these yes. four things, and I'm coming out and that's it. Secondly, um, also, I was on food stamps for a while as well. And I know that Whole Foods accepts food stamps, which is amazing. So um, if you really want to get like organic food, good quality food in your own food stamps, go to Whole Foods if you're able to find a ride or get there yourself. So that's an awesome tidbit right there. And then thirdly, I like to say that um, buy in pieces. like focus on one, the protein. I remember when I was starting out, like I would go to Costco or BJ's or Sam's Club or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll buy my proteins there. And then I would go to like a shop, right? Or a Whole Foods. And then I'll buy like my produce from there at, um, at those places. This way I wasn't just dropping like 150 to $200. I would wait for a paycheck buy all my proteins and wait for the next paycheck, buy my produce, and then try to make a meal from there. Um, never try to buy anything in bulk at, well, when I say buy in bulk, I mean like don't try to spend all your money everywhere at once. Just break it up into little bit pieces. And going back to the budget, put it in your budget to allow it so you can find yourself there. How does that sound? Yeah, no, it is. 
That's a good tip. I, I actually try to do that. We have a meat store by my house. Um, so I try to just buy all my meat. It's it's a lot cheaper than buying it at the grocery store. It's yeah. local. It's a lot more local than the grocery store meat. Um, and I tend to save a little bit more money. And then that way, when I go to the store, I don't have to pay all those prices for because, you know, it's they they rack them up. Yeah. I used to work in a grocery store, so. It gets a lot, right? It's, yeah. It's it's a lot out there. It's just understanding, basically, like, the rules of money is, like, it's just the basics is always understanding, like, what you have and what can you make out of it. That's, mm-hmm. like, your best part. It's just understanding these little rules here and there to help you grow your money to better places. How do you think someone who might not have uh, that much money or that much money could uh, grow their money a little bit? Okay. So what I usually like to do is introduce people to like high yield savings accounts. These are savings accounts that count as an asset, but pay you interest for parking your money with these banks. So that's one way, like you get a monthly deposit, um, depending on the current interest rate for the economy right then there. So this way it's not going that way. Secondly, I always tell them to understand the rules of credit cards. Um, Credit cards is a big game, but it can be your most powerful tool or it can be your worst enemy. And it ends up within our community that it becomes our worst enemy because we don't know the rules to the credit card. So um, if you do have a credit card, you usually start out with getting like something like 250 to $500, which does seem like a lot of money. But the number one rule I say about credit cards is one is not your money. Credit cards is basically a loan. You have to pay it back and you have to have interest on them. But if you're smart and you're making a budget, and you're buying things in pieces first that you'll be able to pay it off with your job, then your um your credit card limit will grow. But you're being a responsible user of that credit card as you go along. Yeah, I I I was in credit card debt a lot, um, especially when I was in college. So it's definitely very easy to get into, and then once you're in the rabbit hole. Yes. you it's hard to get out of it like you you can't just crawl out of it it's just dirt is just keep on keep on being thrown at you whether you yeah. pay more than the minimum it's still the interest is crazy so I, I I think you're right on the money with definitely knowing the rules of um credit cards and you know my mom didn't really explain any of financial literacy I didn't learn this in school I didn't learn this in high school I don't know if Cody did um but like it's something that should be taught. You should learn how to do your taxes. You should learn like what yeah. taxes are. You should learn how what savings are. You should learn how to write a check, you know, bank accounts, balance books, things like that. Um, but it's definitely something that a lot of, especially our community, they don't even know where to start with it. Exactly. They just think of it as a lot of money given at one time. And it's just like, oh, this is mine. And it's like, no, it's not yours. It's a loan to the bank. And they tackle on that interest. I've been in credit card debt so many times. I've been defaulted on credit cards. But like I like to tell people is that you can always rebuild. Your credit score can always come back to what it needs to be. Like the ranges from, well, excellent credits, like the range from 700 to 800 points and anything else below that is considered bad, but it's okay. Like what goes up must come down and what goes down can go up back up again. So I let 
people know that don't tie your emotions to your credit score and it's okay. Like you can always rebuild from where you are. What would be like a first good type of credit card for like a first time uh, credit credit card user? What would you say would be the best to go for? Um, definitely avoid retail credit cards and go for uh, credit cards that are associated with banks so and major banks themselves. So kind of like a Chase, Bank of America, PNC. Um, what else is out there? Oh, if you're able to even use a credit union, um, if you have access to a credit union, there's, that's even better because their APR is lower than the actual national banks that are out there. So I would definitely use those. So um, always go for a bank credit card. And there's also something called a secured credit card versus an unsecured credit card. And a secured credit card is basically that you pay the bank your limit and it's your money that you're using, that you're loaning against yourself. Mm. So even mm-hmm. if you end up defaulting on that credit card, the worst thing that happens is the bank takes the money and that's it. But you can't ever go over your limit and they can't ever add on interest over that limit as well. So I would suggest that people get a secured credit card first so they can learn the rules of the credit card game and then move themselves up to an unsecured credit card, which is basically what you get when you use, um, when you apply for credit cards with other banks. Nice, yeah, because it's kind of, it's strange because I know there's a lot of people who are afraid of credit cards, so they just try to stay away from them completely. But you have to build your credit because at this point, you know, if you don't have credit, it's just as bad as having bad credit. Because uh, getting any type of loans, or if you want to buy a car or a house, potentially, you need credit. So it's like it's better to be educated about what you're doing versus just avoiding them altogether. <laughs> Exactly. But also there is a point that I want to correct a little bit is that even if you don't have credit, it's not as bad as not having bad credit. It's just uh, you are at a better advantage than somebody who has bad credit. It's just that you're new to the game. You don't have that history. But there's like this um, cheat code that I like to say is that um, your credit score is broken up into five components and basically your payment history and how long you have the credit card or the are and the credit card ratio is the highest. So if you're able to keep those three within check, you will always have an average to good credit score, no matter what you do or how bad it can get if you just follow that cheat code. Nice, nice. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm not sure if you you cut out there for a second. Oh, okay. can you guys? Did you hear him, or is it my connection? Sometimes my internet's weird. Yeah, I can hear him. Okay, so it's just me. <laughs> okay. Um, so, as far as creating a budget, so let's say you want to start eating healthier, and you want to get a gym membership, what would be your first steps to creating a budget um in the most simple form okay so one to create a budget all you really need is your major bills and expenses of what you have to pay like what are the necessity things that you have to pay basically like your shelter 
um, and of course food. Uh, food and shelter are the main components. So that's what you need to know and estimate that. And what I usually say with the estimates is when it comes to expenses, always estimate high, no matter what. And what when it comes to your income, always estimate as low because you don't want to set yourself up thinking that, oh, I'm going to get a high paycheck when it turns out that you actually didn't make as much as you thought compared to your expenses too. And when your expenses, when you estimate high, it's just like, you know what, I'm going to go for the max. Maybe I have to pay this X amount of money, but it's okay because then when it turns out it's actually lower than what it is, you're actually saving money and you have additional money into that. So always make sure you list your building expenses first and then list your income and then you just do easy subtraction from there your income minus your building expenses and you have a budget and what you want to do with that budget is always to have a goal always hit the goal of how much you're going to pay for each expense and always have a goal for how much income you're going to bring in nice that's a good that's i it's always so funny because budgets are like the idea of it is nice but it's kind of like when people talk about budgets it's like when i talk to people about calories and macros it's just kind of like <laughs> oh, the eyes just glaze over and it's just like yeah, what it's <laughs> <laughs> so i don't understand macros and calories <laughs> i wish i could but if you give me a budget I can break it down for you. I can tell you what you need like that. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a budget. So I think it you is. Know, if we lay it out for you like a budget, you'd probably be a pro at it in no time. <laughs> yes, please help me. <laughs> like over here dying. Like I gained weight from quarantine and I'm just like reading books and I need to find other ways to like work out. But also, oh yeah, and also with gym memberships, it's always good to like, do the free trials and get as much as you can from those. Um, in the beginning, I know people always usually like to start off low. Like, oh, you can join this gym for like three months for free. Like take advantage of it. I used to take advantage of it. And then I would X out before like the real program would come. <laughs> <laughs> and I would pop to different gyms just using like the free gym space as much as I can. Because at that time, I didn't have no money. Like there was no way I yeah. could afford it. Yeah. For sure. It's like whatever you can squeeze out for free, man, like go for yeah. it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. And if you are in school, like if you are in college or even high school, you can always use their facilities. And normally oh, yeah. you don't have to pay extra for it because it's included in the fee on your college bill that, you know, you just pay without realizing. Mm, that's right. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Even community colleges have gyms. Yes. Yeah, they do. And they're easy and free of use, too. And even the campus food, too. Take the campus food if you can. Start yep. eating more salads and more greens. Um, I wish I did that. I gained, like, the freshman 15. Oh, me, too. Um, I wish I did that, too. <laughs> exactly. I was eating it all. And I thought it was free, but it turns out you are paying for it. <laughs> more ways than one. Exactly. <laughs> Some loans and that's how you may get into you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, so as far as like, when it comes to, one of the biggest things that escapes me is planning for the future, thinking about like, oh, retirement and saving things in general. What 
what do you, what are your what are your views on saving for retirement and 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 it, it's it's always that thing that I'm like, man, but that's hard. And what if I don't even live that long? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so far down the road, you don't want to think about it, right? Yeah. So with retirement, this has been coming up like a good conversation about retirement. So there's two things. If you have, if you work from your job and you have a 401k, please participate into those. Just put something away. Something is better than nothing because before how retirement accounts work is that you put money in them and they'll compound over interest over time. And before you know it, when you reach that age of 65 or more and it's time to pull it out, you're basically getting free money from it because it's compounding and compounding is a great tool when it comes to money. So what if, and if you don't have a 401k, it's fine. You can always get your own 401k and it's called the IRA, uh, individual retirement account. And they have two types. They have traditional and they have a Roth IRA. <clears throat> and the only difference between those two is how your money is taxed. Well, I have a Roth IRA and I use that and I put money into that. And basically it's after tax money. So basically whenever I have an income, um, I already paid the federal tax and I put this money into it. So when I turn out to become 65 or more and when I take it out, I'm not going to be taxed by the government anymore. But if you do a traditional um, IRA, that's pre-tax money. And when you go to become 65 and you take it out, the government's going to take a big chunks of it out of taxes. So always go for the Roth IRA that you can get for yourself and start to put money in there. There is a limit of $5,000 that you're able to max out. Of course, that seemed like a lot of money and it's okay. But as long as you're putting something in there, when I first started and I had no money, I used to just put $1 in it every month. And then I went to $1 weekly. And then I went up to $5 weekly. And now every time I'm in there, I try to put as much money as I can into it. So if I have like an extra $100, I'll put the $100 in there. But when it comes to retirement funds, you need to understand that you can't take this money out. Because when you take that, when you put that money in, and you try to take it out before you're 65, you're going to be hit with penalties. And that's when you're going to have to start paying tax, extra tax on that money. But there are some rules that you're able to take out money, like if it's a medical emergency, um, like if you're trying to buy your first home, and I forgot the other one. But um, those are the only ways that you will not be penalized for taking out money earlier. But the goal of it is to just start putting something away. Something is better than nothing. Yeah, man, I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know with my job, um, they used to match what we oh, up to six used to. <laughs> uh, and then with the COVID, um, so I think I put in 3% uh, every two weeks and then they used to match up to 6%. Um, mm -hmm. It's just something I don't I don't realize it's it's going in there. So, you know, it's a little bit of something. But like I try not to think about it because like Cody, it's like, you know, are we going to live that long? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I just feel like I'm going to work until I uh, until I die. So <laughs> exactly. So quick story for myself is that when I was starting my transition, um, I needed money for my top surgery and I got this job and they were mat they were matching up to 
and I like put it to the limit to keep matching it like every every paycheck. And I was able to take that money out and use it for my top surgery for like the non um like for whatever insurance did not cover, I was able to use to cover that expense. So I'm always for like if your company matches, go for it, like push it to the limit because you'll never know when you'll need that money. Wow. True. That's awesome. That's also a good little little tip there <laughs> for yeah. surgery needs. Exactly. Um, yeah. What is your viewer strategy or opinion on like investing? Because that's definitely something that just goes over my head. <laughs> I was just gonna ask him about stocks because like I want to start investing in stocks a little bit, and yeah, because you know, we're 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 getting older. <laughs> so you know try to make try to make the most of your money so like i don't know where i lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> so what i feel about the stock market is it's a good way to make some passive income but you have to understand with the stock market it takes time for your money it takes time to make money through the uh through the stock um agencies and the thing is that what you want to do is don't use third parties. I know people like to use like Acorn or Stash and all that other stuff. No, go right to the source. Go to a brokerage firm like Charles Schwab. I use Charles Schwab. Um, I also use Vanguard. And what you need to understand is that um, you need to watch the stocks. Um, it can get a little complicated. It can get convoluted as well. But right now you need to also understand like what type of economy you're in. So you want to pick stocks of companies that are long-standing that's been there through um the toughness so like kind of like amazon but amazon stock is worth i think like 2k or up or like 200k i'm not sure um or even like warren buffett him and his stock he has class a stock and class b stock meaning those are two different type of stocks and the class a stock is like over two hundred thousand dollars to buy it um, there are easier stocks that you can buy into just like, um, well, not, well, even Apple, Apple's is in the thousands, but like I said, you need to find companies that are standing over time. So even, um, kind of like what you want to do is like, I give this tip to people is like, look around your home and see what product has been standing and what company owns that product because you'll be amazed of like who actually owns it. And it will be like this big conglomerate umbrella of all these companies that mm -hmm. own it. Kind of how like Disney owns like Marvel and um, Star Wars and all that other stuff. Like you can buy into Disney, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, it is good to start a stock portfolio as you get older, um, but it takes to understand, like it takes time for that money to build and also you got to think of it as like, if you put that money away, you'll never ever touch it again. Because like as COVID happened, um, some companies crashed and now they're no longer standing and you'll lose that money. So you have to be okay with that risk of losing your money. Yeah, that's, that's true. So basically like invest in hand sanitizer and toilet paper and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those types honest. of things. Yeah. <laughs> And masks. Yeah, yes. if, if you can find those companies, go for it. Or even like Home Depot and Lowe's, they're doing very well because of people are now home and they want to renovate their home. So a lot of people are renovating their home and a lot of people are using Home Depot and Lowe's and their stock is going up. Like that's how it works. 
True, true. Wow, that's good. That's good to know. Good info. Uh, <laughs> so, in the same way that you know, there's kind of these markers when it comes to fitness and health. You know, having good blood pressure and having good cholesterol and uh, all those things. So, when it comes to financial health, like, what are some markers that you could go by to kind of check off the list of and feeling like you're in a good spot, feeling like you're on the right track, you're just overall feeling a little bit more secure in, in where you're at. Yeah, I would say like one, having an income is very important because you need to know where that money is coming from and able to invest into different things. Um, secondly, is having a savings account, um, making sure like your emergency fund is set for how many like months of expenses that you need and use. Um, Definitely making sure your credit score <clears throat> is in good standing. It doesn't have to be great, but just know that you're working along to get your credit score going back to where it is. And then also what I usually like to add on last is um, managing your debt, making sure you have a good debt to um, income ratio. So knowing that your income is higher than the debt that you have. But it may be lopsided, but as long as your savings is um is going good, you're okay. So just your savings and your emergency fund is more important than your debt. Um, let that be known right then and there. And then the last one I said is just have something like a passive income or start acquiring assets. Assets is something that brings in more money to you. It's like how your money makes more money. So that can be like in real estate, that can be in um acquiring like sneakers, stuff like that, like different things, like acquiring sneakers, acquiring art, um, acquiring, um, what is it, besides real estate, I forgot the other one, it just slipped my tongue. Um, oh, and probably the stock market, like that. Awesome. I wouldn't even have thought of that one, I don't think, like assets, okay. Yeah. Good, <laughs> <Well>, I remember <laughs> Yeah, if you read the book, I recommend the book to everybody, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a very excellent book by Robert Kioski. Um, it really helps you understand your mentality and your emotional connection to money. Like I always like to tell people and um, how I started this because a lot of financial gurus don't take the time to help people um, manage their emotional and their mental mindsets when it comes to money. Like, what's your relationship with money? Because as I always say, your first teacher of your money is your parents. Regardless if you receive the money talk or not, how they handled money is 90% sure of how you handle your money or why you handle your money. Like, my mom used to use depend on credit cards like mm -hmm. life. And then until 2008, when that um, real estate market crashed and everything went downhill, uh, she had to default on her credit cards and had nothing. So for me, that made me scared of credit cards and knowing, understanding that, hey, maybe this is not a tool for me to use. But like you said before, of course, you need to build your credit score. But just understanding how my mom was with money and also not being, I don't know about you, but I wasn't allowed to ask my parents how much they make. I wasn't able to talk about money whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That made a, a detriment in my, um, in my financial journey. Because then when it became time for me to become an adult, I had no idea what to do with money. I just thought like you go to school, you get a good job and that's it. But I did all those things. 
And like I said before, I was in debt farther than ever before in my life. So those are things to consider. Yeah. Did you have, I mean, that's one resource. Do you have any other resources that you would recommend, uh, even if it's just like apps or websites or uh, et cetera, for people to kind of turn to for more help or information? I mean, of course, of you being one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like what I used in grad school was investopedia.com. Um, oh. They explain all financial things. So they even have like videos of like, what's a 401k, what's an IRA. Um, it's an excellent resource. Like it teaches you how to invest in the stock market. Um, that's what taught me how to invest in the stock market. Everything was self-taught. Everything that I did was self-taught. And that was an excellent resource. Um, definitely we have Google now. There's no gatekeeper like there was before to tell no. you, hey, learn this no more or like I'm not going to teach you there's nobody stopping you and there's nobody in your way so I will google everything there's also um, nerdwallet.com they let you know about different resources um, on which banks are really good like they'll rate different banks they'll rate their, um, they'll rate the high yield savings accounts they'll rate savings and checkings accounts like they rate all these financial products that people like to use and they'll let you know which one's the best for the year and they also give a resource of what you need to do, especially if you want to own or start your own business. They'll teach you how to do it. Wow, that's awesome. I need to go there and just me too. educate more myself, learn more. <laughs> exactly. There's also The Richest Man in Babylon. That book is basically, it's very cheap. It's only like $1 or $2. And it teaches you financial rules over time like from thousands of years, like people from BC use um, in order to get their money on the right track. And it's excellent, it's a short read too. And it really instills a foundational of financial principles within your life. That's cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, so if people wanted to find out who you are, what resources you have, or potentially wanted to hire you to be their finance coach, where could they find you? at okay so i have my website www.thetranscapitalist.com i'm also on instagram i'm on twitter i'm on youtube and i'm on facebook all under the moniker and my brand the transcapitalist um one word and they can find me there i'll be posting videos <laughs> awesome i'm gonna go to youtube right now and subscribe <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on um, to, you know, kind of give like some final words for our yeah. listeners? Sure. I would love to let the listeners know that no matter what situation you are in, there's always a financial solution to that problem. Don't ever think that you're the only person going through it. There's been people in thousands of years going through the same thing. All it takes is a little research and a little bit of help. So I know there is that taboo about speaking about money in public, or I know that finances can be a very vulnerable topic and you don't want to share how you are. You might feel like you're not doing so well, but it takes courage and step up to ask for help. I'm a person that I like to help people and basically everything is confidential. So just to let them know that um, I'm a resource for you, I'm here and take the time to ask for help. Because like I'll repeat it again, 
there is a financial solution for every problem that you're in. Awesome. Yeah, those are awesome last words. We wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast. We appreciate your time, um, oh. and especially on this topic, because, you know, Cody and I, we know a lot about fitness and macros and weight mm-hmm. loss, but we don't really know much about this, and and, and it all ties together, you yeah. know? Um, and it's also good to meet other people in the community and, you know, try to get the word out there on us and you and, and what you do yeah. and, and who you are and who we are. So we just wanted to thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank yeah, you so no, much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. I love it. Love anytime I can spread the word of financial literacy, <laughs> the gospel.